your Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. You can follow me on Twitter at PatSportsGuy. Follow my esteemed co-host, Kami, at KamiAMG. Kami, this show, it's locked, it's loaded. We got a lot to talk about. We have the on again, off again. Big Ten is canceled. They voted. Wait, they didn't vote. They're waiting to vote. Okay, now they're canceled. I mean, uh, it, was, it was nuts. That was a roller coaster. And um, I guess ultimately what they ended up doing was, I guess, postponing the fall football season. But I think a lot of people kind of have come to the agreement that it's not likely to be played in the spring. So I'm not sure why they, they didn't just, I guess, say canceled the season. But yeah, that was just a, a up and down, back and forth, week long, it seemed like debate going on over there. Yeah, it was the, uh, as, as I said on a previous episode, it was the hell of a month on a Monday. And then a Tuesday, it felt like another Monday. Uh, yeah, so I think the terminology they used was canceled with the hope to play in the spring. And I thought it was interesting uh, in an interview with former Ohio State Buckeyes head coach, Urban Meyer. Uh, basically, they said he doesn't see how it can be played. How You can't ask these athletes to play back-to-back seasons. Um, you know, and and then we finally get that news, and then you have the defiant Nebraska who's saying, "Look, we're looking to play." Yeah, and I actually liked kind of how they were taking control over there in Nebraska, but I just don't know how they would fit in necessarily to any of these conference-only schedules. But um, who knows? At this point, we've seen just about everything. I mean. Notre Dame got added into ACC for one season. So, I mean, it's not out of the realm, but it's it's just interesting because Big Ten comes out and says, hey, we're not playing. And then all of a sudden, you know, Nebraska uh, says that they're going to look to play. Uh, Ohio State's head coach has come out and said that they were looking to play regardless. Um, you know, there's so much when you look at uh, – contractual obligations to the Big Ten. How does that work? How right. would they get out of that, even if it's just for one season? Yeah, there's there's a lot there. There's a lot to be made of that. Uh, they come out and they say that, and then the Pac-12 puts out their statement, and then everything seemed to hinge on what the Big 12 was doing. Uh, yeah, they, they were kind of the – um, I don't know, middleman. It, it felt like that I, the ACC and SEC were hoping uh, would kind of come forward and say they were going to play. And uh, that's exactly what happened last night. Uh, they just basically announced that they were proceeding with the fall schedule that uh, they were previously discussing. And then, of course, this morning, they actually uh, released their conference-only schedule. So um, I think that was positive news moving forward. I'm a, I'm a little bit surprised because the Big 12 is usually kind of up in the air <laughs> with making major decisions like that. But um, so far, so good, I guess. They're proceeding forward, so I guess we kind of have to see how that plays out. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, and not to talk a lot about the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, but, you know, I, you want to put yourself in their shoes, right? And, and you look at it, and, like, how do you pitch to these players it's about health, safety, um, when you have the other conferences that are saying they're going to play? You know, how do you, how do you pitch to them you're committed to your players uh, and you're watching other schools 
on the practice field, you you know, and, and we're already starting to see kind of a recruitment uh, because Tunmize Odelier, who committed to Ohio State, said that he wouldn't play at Texas because they don't produce NFL talent at a frequent enough rate. So he decided to go to Ohio State. Prior to the announcement that the Big Ten was canceling their season, he decommitted from Ohio State. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of uh, potential transfers or at least people entering the transfer portal to see uh, their options available in terms of playing right away. But, um, yeah, I think it was interesting to me. One of the biggest things that jumped out at me over the Big Ten's uh, sudden cancellation of the fall football season was that they seemingly agreed to go to that conference-only schedule, and so did the Pac-12. And then just within a matter of days after that, um, what changed? That's what I want to know because uh, they seemingly agreed to move forward with that conference-only schedule. Then they canceled the season altogether because of um, medical professionals' advice and things like that. But I don't think the science necessarily changed within those few days. So um, I'd be curious to see what their primary reasoning, I guess, for the cancellation was. I know it has something to do with kind of the um, heart the impact on the heart uh, from a couple of players who have contracted COVID in the past. But I mean, the big 12 even came out and said, they're going to be doing those type of testing now too, like the EKGs and things like that several times a week, uh, just to stay on top of everyone's health. So uh, it's interesting. I really feel for those two conferences in terms of the coaches and players, because they put a lot into this season and they're going to have to see other conferences attempt to play. So uh, it's, yeah, it's tough to watch. Yeah. It, it's tough to watch that transpire in, in talking about transferring. Uh, so if you pay attention at all to the draft network, um, they were putting out top five offensive players. Uh, what would, if that could transfer out of the big 10 and the PAC 12, what would their best team fit be? And they did the same, same thing with defense. And it was interesting because on the offensive side of the ball, there's a running back at Penn state journey Brown, who's kind of looked at as kind of their next, running back to come out of Penn State to go to the NFL. And the draft network actually listed him as a perfect fit at the University of Texas. Interesting. I, uh, I, I'm i not going to speak for you, but I personally don't uh, think Texas needs another running back. They have so much talent in that room and uh, several uh, highly rated running backs that are considering coming in. So I know iron sharpens iron and injuries could happen at any moment, but if I were him, I'd go somewhere where um, he'd kind of get more share of the carries right away. Yeah. TCU would probably make sense. I mean, they do have Zach Evans, but uh, you know, incoming freshman, but uh, as far as, Texas is concerned? No. I mean, mm-hmm. If Journey Brown contacted or was in contact with the University of Texas about a potential coming here, if I'm Tom Herman, the first thing I'm asking him, can you play linebacker? Because I, yeah. I don't need you to play running back. I, I have running backs. I have Bijan Robinson. I have Roshan. I have Keontae Ingram. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Daniel Young. I mean, I know it's rumored that he might opt out, but he's another guy that that they have at the running back position. He has experience. He's a senior, you know, so it's like they have these guys. And then you have a guy like Jordan Whittington, who if he's not playing slot, he could probably give you something a running back. So it doesn't, it wouldn't make sense for journey Brown to, to try and go to Texas. And so I thought that was interesting. Now I got a couple of non big 12 schedule release. We're playing announcements here. Uh, it was reported today 
by Mike McCarthy, the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, former Longhorns All-American offensive tackle Connor Williams will not be a full go as he's recovering from ACL surgery, but he will get worked in eventually. I think they many believe that he's still the favorite to be the starting left guard when the season actually kicks off. But ahead of camp kicking off, I believe the first practices are going to be on Thursday or Friday. He's not a full go yet, so that's where we stand on that. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to touch base on real quick, Tony Fields the second. We were awaiting his commitment as we were recording Monday's episode. Uh, that actually didn't come out until the next day, and he actually committed to West Virginia, which they were making like when we spoke on the podcast. You you had mentioned they were making some headway there, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I guess you, your your fears were right because. Instead of committing to the University of Texas, he's decided to go to West Virginia. Yeah, and I remember looking Monday morning, and we mentioned this on the podcast as well, that uh, West Virginia kind of came out of nowhere at the last second because it it seemed like on the crystal ball predictions that Texas was uh, far and away uh, the top or the favorite landing spot for fields. I should say the top two because um, inside linebackers desperately needed at Texas right now. But, um, yeah, just that day, I think West Virginia shot up to about 40% in in those predictions. So um, I was a little bit worried, and it took him a, a bit longer to make that commitment uh, announcement like he expected. I think he planned to announce it Monday morning, but it didn't come until late Monday night. So yeah, I think that was a, a pretty big miss for Texas. But um, I mean, what, we're less than a month or maybe right around a month from kickoff. So um, how quickly can you even work him in at that point? So uh, yeah, it's unfortunate, but hopefully they can land someone else soon. Yeah, you know, I was looking at it and I think he probably looked at it and said, well, I'm not going to beat out DeMarvian Overshown at the wheel linebacker. I'm probably not going to beat out Jawan Mitchell from Mike. So I'm probably in a reserve role. He probably thinks he's a starter. Uh, you know, so I understand why he did that. Uh, but coming up next, we're actually going to dive into the Big 12 schedule that was announced on Wednesday. All right, it's finally here. It's schedule day. The thing that we've been waiting on ever since the Big 12 announced that they were moving forward with the season. Drew Davidson of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram tweeted out that during that meeting that we were waiting on the what was going to happen, the Big 12 announced that they would be putting out a schedule. We finally have it. Uh, but, Cammy, it's a little different. It I is a lot different because they're not opening up against Kansas State anymore. I know. And I think what we've kind of preached all offseason with all this uncertainty surrounding COVID is that you really have to prepare for anything. You don't know who your opening opponent is going to be. You don't know where you're going to be playing. You don't know what the schedule may look like um, or if you will even play at all. So, man, I can't imagine how the players and I guess coaching staff have felt preparing for the season in general this offseason. But yeah, I think it's interesting that uh, the our, I guess our first conference opponent actually changed because I still think uh, they'll, they'll play UTEP uh, uh, earlier, I guess maybe a week or two prior to opening at Texas Tech. But um, I wasn't expecting the conference schedule to change too much, so I'm definitely surprised to see Texas Tech up there. Well, I mean, the UTEP thing, you know, I was speaking with a guy that covers UTEP, Adrian Broadus from uh, the ESPN 600 AM there, uh, and, and we were talking a little bit about it prior to recording the show, and, you know, he seems to think that it's still on, but there's a lot of uncertainty because they've halted their 
practices right now because of COVID-19 cases. So, and it hasn't been confirmed by either side that that is indeed the game. So there's still a question mark surrounding that game, but it's supposed to take place September 12th. That would give them a week. It would actually give them, yeah, a week off before heading to Lubbock. Here's the interesting part before we actually get into the schedule. But I thought it was interesting that Texas plays all their games in warm states or in, in warm months, I should say. Mm-hmm. All the southern teams, but all the teams that have a chance for some some weather issues are all later in the year, including at Kansas State in Manhattan on December 5th. Mm-hmm. And then you have at Kansas on November 21st. So, um, yeah, those would be those would be interesting. But I mean, the first I guess my first takeaway when looking at the schedule now is that one, I'm glad the Red River rivalry is still on October 10th at the Cotton Bowl. Nothing with that changed, so that's a good thing. But the first three weeks, I think, are pretty tough for the Longhorns playing Texas Tech, TCU, and Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a tough first stretch. What's interesting is that they are going with this three games, a bye, three games, a bye, three games, championship. Which could be on December nineteenth. They could move it back a week, so it's still they could still get a third bye week before the actual championship game. That hasn't been confirmed yet, but we'll kind of see where that happens. But yes, you talked about opening up at home on September twelfth, week off. You go to Lubbock, home game versus TCU, and then you go to Dallas to play Oklahoma on October tenth. Yeah, I think if they could win these first three games uh, that we mentioned, that tough stretch, and then get that bye before they play uh, Baylor at the end of October, I think uh, they'll probably be, in, in the, I guess, a favorite to win the Big 12 at that point. Because when you think about the other three, I, you can almost look at this as in a little, um, I don't know, three-game seasons because you have a three games by three games by three games and then championship. So I think the um, other pairs, the trio of Baylor, Oklahoma state, and West Virginia, Oklahoma state's your primary concern there. And then Kansas, Iowa state and Kansas state, Iowa state's your primary concern there. So um, uh, it, it, it's tough to think about, but I think if they can get um, through that first tough stretch, the rest of the season and the schedule is pretty favorable for Texas. Yeah. You look at that. Um, if you look at the odds, I was actually looking at the odds last night. Texas is a two-touchdown favorite against Baylor. Mm -hmm. And they're a 19-point favorite against West Virginia. Right. So you look at that Oklahoma State game, that's the one you're circling Mm -hmm. on Halloween night in Stillwater. Which we had been, and we were so nervous that it was originally scheduled for the last conference or last game of the season uh, before COVID happened. So I kind of like where that uh, game is at now and between those two opponents and um, right at the actually on Halloween night, like you mentioned. So um, that is that is probably the game I'm most looking forward to, even more than the Red River rivalry. Yeah, it's interesting is they will play November 7th against West Virginia in Austin. And then they're going to have a bye week. Then they're going to go to Kansas before playing on senior night three weeks later. So uh, over the last month of the season, you only have one home game. And that's oh, against mm-hmm. Iowa, Iowa State, November 28th. Um, and then you'll finish the next week at Kansas State. 
The good thing is that with these bye weeks, they're allowing for time for cancellations, postponements. Mm. Um, you know, so so that's interesting. But like you said, which uh, so which uh, stretch of the season are you most looking forward to? Is that middle stretch where they kind of kind of got it easy? They sandwich two games they are expected to win. Well, uh, around the Oklahoma State matchup. Well, I think um, in terms of the game, I'm most excited to see it is Oklahoma State on Halloween night. But in terms of the stretch, I'm most looking forward to is actually the beginning of the season. So the Texas Tech, TCU and Oklahoma, because uh, we know all the hype going into uh, that OU Texas game. But TCU can be sneaky good this year. So that game uh, worries me a little bit in terms of an upset potential. And then, of course, uh, um, opening conference play against Texas Tech. You just kind of want to see how Texas um, comes out. Are they prepared? How do they look this year? Who's receiving uh, the bulk of the carries in the backfield? Things like that. So I'm most looking forward to the first stretch of games. Yeah. So at Tech is going to be interesting. Uh, it, it makes me wonder, are they going to make it a night game? Because night games in Lubbock, are a nightmare. Oh gosh. Um uh, so it makes me wonder if they're don't gonna remind that, me. <laughs> that I'm just saying crazy things happen in Lubbock on night games. I've seen it my whole life. Crab uh, trees burned into my mind. Oh I wasn't gonna bring that up or Blake Gideon. I, I wasn't gonna bring him up at all. Um uh, yeah I, I agree. I mean I think the game we all can say that sounds like it's gonna be fun. Is Oklahoma State on Halloween, obviously October 10th, is the one I'm going to have circled. The Red River rivalry, because that's the game that's the most important. Um, to me, anyway. I, I mean, that everything is surrounding beating Oklahoma. Right. You know, it's it's Sam's last shot at beating Oklahoma. I guess he's beat him once before. I'd like to see him do it again. Actually, I want him to do it twice this season. Mm-hmm. And the Big 12 title. Mm -hmm. I would say do it on October 10th, do it on December 12th. You know, two months later, do it again. Uh, That's where I'm really looking at. Uh, The Baylor game, we expect them to be a little bit less than what they've been in years past. Oklahoma State, we expect them to be really, really good. Second year of their freshman quarterback season. Uh, Obviously, he's got Tylen Wallace back. He's healthy. Chuba Hubbard. Uh, Then you go to West Virginia. Then at Kansas, which – I'm going to have a – until Kansas actually wins some games, and I'm talking about more than three in a season, Mm -hmm. I'm not too concerned with them. The game that I am concerned with – well, actually, both of them back-to-back, Iowa State and Kansas State. I think that's a pretty – that's a pretty tough one because both of those teams play really, really good defense. Yeah, I'm I'm actually glad Iowa State's a home game on senior night. Uh, they need all the motivation and hype they can get against uh, playing against Brock Purdy and all them over there. And obviously a very good coaching staff, and they defeated the Longhorns last season, so they need some revenge here. And um, I agree with Kansas State. They have good quarterback play as well. So I think of the two potential upsets on Texas' schedule that they need to be careful of, it's Kansas State and TCU. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think those are some – I think the TCU matchup can kind of be viewed as a trap mm-hmm. because you don't want to overlook TCU. Now, I know they're going to be looking for retribution from last season because Sam Ellinger had arguably his worst game of the year against TCU. Max Dugan had arguably his best game of the year because he looked terrible the rest of the, the rest of the way. So it's going to be interesting to see if Texas can get a little bit of that revenge, that retribution. That'll be their first home conference game before heading – to Dallas. So that, that's going to be interesting. But coming up next, we're actually going to get into the conference call 
uh, with Bob Bosley, Big 12 commissioner, and he had some interesting replies to some of the questions he was getting about the uh, release of the schedule. Okay, Gammy, so prior to the conference call, Bob Bowlesby released this statement about playing this season. Ultimately, our student-athletes have indicated their desire to compete in the sports they love this season. It is up to all of us to deliver a safe, medically sound, and structured academic and athletic environment for accomplishing that outcome. Uh, Was that aimed at anybody? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, anyone could take a guess at that over the uh, uh, cancellations over in the Big Ten and things like that. But um, I don't know. I'm I'm a big fan of how Bowlesby's handled this. And I don't want to be too biased, obviously, because uh, we cover the Longhorns. But um, I'm definitely proud of how he stepped up to handle this. And um, whether it's a shot at someone or not, I don't think he's he's too worried about that. I think he's just focused on moving the Big 12 forward and listening to those players' um, wants and needs. So, um, yeah, he could say it was probably aimed, aimed at someone. Well, what was interesting about that, talking about listening to the players, um, I know Michigan had one of their players, and I don't have his name off the top of my head, I was a fifth-year senior, and he slammed the leadership at Michigan for not being transparent. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was quite interesting because Bob Bowlesby on the conference call, uh, he said that they had at least two players from each Big 12 team involved in the talks um, about safety. He also said that one of the players tested positive for COVID-19 uh, and was still without taste and smell upon returning to team activities. You know, so they they were getting input from the players themselves, which I thought was interesting, especially when you hear something like what was going on in Michigan and, and they're saying that they weren't transparent. And then here you have Bob Bowlesby, conference commissioner, saying, well, we talked to players from every team. Right. And I think that's kind of the leadership that you want um, surrounding a conference, someone who kind of takes those players' wants and needs into consideration. And I think the players and coaching staff themselves, the difference with the Big 12 is that they feel comfortable and confident in their testing protocols. I mean, uh, we just saw today that they're planning to test three times a week. Uh, they're putting those EKGs and um, heart palpation type of tests uh, with the COVID testing uh, just to assure that extra level of uh, safety and precaution. So I think they're, they're just more trusting in the metal medical professionals that they have there. And so, um, yeah, that that's a bad look for Michigan over there. Yeah, well, this is interesting. So the Big 12 teams are going to be doing three COVID tests per week. Uh, and then if they test positive, athletes will be tested uh, with an EKG, tropamine blood test, echocardiogram, and cardiac MRI, uh, because obviously the reports have shown about long-term effects obviously and so they're they're going to be using the these tests to make sure uh that there's no issues there you know so they can monitor the the athletes what's interesting is bob bosley also said in this conference call that non-conference opponents must adhere to their guidelines 
Yeah. And I like that. I mean, you don't, you don't want someone who's coming in, maybe testing their uh, players once a week. And then um, obviously there's an out, they, I don't know, bring an outbreak to Texas is roster or something along those lines. So um, that's something I didn't think of that I think is uh, very important. Obviously it's just one non-conference game, but it still matters. Yeah, it's, it's one, uh, but like you said, it still matters. They, and this is one of those things where I think everybody has to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have to be as stringent as they can. Uh, but, here, you know, this is interesting, and and, and I really like this. So, Mosley was talking about the outside pressure. Right. Talking about the Pac-12 did this, the Big Ten did this. You know, and then, and then you had the SEC and the ACC on the other side, and he's like, was there any outside pressure? And, and you know, he said um, – he said the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are seeing much of the same information that we're seeing, you know, and he said each conference has to make their own decision, but it's, you know, it's almost like he was saying that we didn't have pressure. He goes, you know, reasonable people can disagree on something. They can see the same thing and see it differently. Right. You know, so they're seeing the same stuff, but they feel like, you know, their medical team has no one's told them that they shouldn't be doing this. Is yeah, what he said. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's. I'm not sure exactly what uh, information they're being provided in all of these meetings and what medical professionals are listening to or things like that. But um, like I mentioned, I'm very uh, happy with the way the Big 12 has handled this so far. Um, just from a grand scheme of things, listening to the players, getting that appropriate. Uh, medical advice, um, all the necessary and extra layers they're doing with the testing and protocols and um, safety measures. And obviously we've witnessed Texas not have um, a single positive test within their five sports on campus over the past month. So um, things would be moving, seem to be moving in the right direction. And so I'm glad they didn't kind of trickle down from what the Big Ten was saying. Yeah, you know, you're going to find this very interesting. So the Austin American Statesman reported today that 77% of students are going to be online. There was about 18, it was 13 to 18% are doing hybrid where it's a combination of online and on campus, but only 5% from the numbers that they provided were going to be on campus. So it's almost like a true bubble in that the only people that are going to be on campus are going to be the athletes. Yeah, exactly. I think... Yeah, they, they've kind of looked forward um, and ahead to that in a future sense of uh, who these athletes are going to be around and things like that. And I think even if there were um, a larger percentage of students on campus, I think they're going to kind of, um, without, I guess, necessarily coming out and saying that, kind of have their um, roster and team in their own little bubble, per se. So um, I'm sure there's a lot of strict guidelines that we're unaware of on where these players are um, able to go, where they're staying, who they're staying with, that type of thing. So um, I'm glad to see the kind of uh, future site that they've been preparing for this. Yeah, I think it's it's they're going about it the right way. Like we're not in the clear yet. Right. You know, there could be something that changes, but, you know, they're going to go with move forward until they're told not to and so you know i think that's the important part is is remembering that that's how they're they're taking this approach it's like look we are moving forward towards the season but that by no means says that we are going to actually play right um yeah i mean i'm very happy with how they've handled it so far and i think um it's 
it's it's going to be a bumpy road. I think we all know that uh, things might appear. Maybe um, there's an outbreak and they have to cancel the season early or things like that. But I think we're just happy at this point and the players and coaching staff and basically the college football community is just happy that they're getting that chance at least. If you had to guess, which two players do you think it was that spoke with uh, Commissioner Bob Bowlesby? Um, from Texas? Yes. Oh, let's see. Uh, it's hard for me because I think Ellinger is a true leader and has all these players back, but he didn't necessarily speak up on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I would assume Caden Stearns was one of them. That's that's the one that popped to my head uh, first, but uh, maybe Caden Stearns and Ellinger, I guess. That's all I could think of. Ding, ding, maybe, ding. Maybe he, was, maybe he wasn't speaking up on social media because he was handling it behind the scenes. So you, You're correct on both. It was both of them. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I thought it was interesting. I mean, they're they're viewed as captains on both sides of the ball, so it makes sense that those are the two that would speak on behalf of the team. And honestly, they they need it. So you know, that was very genuine um, coming from them. They need this year in terms of their NFL draft stock. So um, I'm sure they, yeah, I'm sure that was a fun meeting. Oh, I absolutely agree. I bet you it was a fun meeting. Uh, but on the topic of playing this season and a team that kind of has been vocal, and we talked about it in an earlier segment, Nebraska. Bob Bowlesby was asked about, has he spoke with Nebraska? He said Nebraska has not contacted the Big 12. He also said that there are nothing in the plans for adding any additional teams to the Big 12 schedule. Yeah, and I think we were kind of uh, preparing for that or expecting that, I I should say. I don't think the Big 12 is going to necessarily move their schedule around just to add Nebraska. I think if if they were to play, it's going to have to be um, either somehow in the SEC or ACC. But, uh, yeah, that's just very unfortunate for them because they've been very vocal about wanting to play, and I just think it might be too late to kind of uh, rearrange someone's entire schedule for that. Yeah, I I think it very much could be very difficult to do. I mean – I, mean, I don't think it's terribly difficult considering Nebraska didn't have a schedule because the Big Ten canceled. But I, I agree with with moving around the Big Twelve schedule as they've already put it in place. It's already out there. Uh, could they add additional games that doesn't really speak to safety and and health right. concerns of of the athletes? So I get what you're saying. I kind of feel like it, it's it was never an option, but it was a fun storyline to kind of talk about for a few days. Uh, coming up on Friday's show, I'm going to have a conversation with Ross Jackson of the Locked On Saints. We'll talk a little bit about Malcolm Roach, little Jordan Humphrey. Maybe we'll talk about Malcolm Brown. Uh, but there's plenty of former Longhorns on that same team. I'm going to have a conversation with him. Uh, but that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. For Cammie, I'm Patrick. Keep it locked on. Hook them.